Hey everyone, we're Friday Night Frothies. What's it all about? It's about laughter and not taking yourself too seriously. Ah, it's about sports and current events. And we might even introduce you to some different beers. So tune in live Friday nights. Or listen to our podcast at radiocarum.org. You know you've got nothing better to do. Bang! Dobby is a free elf, and Dobby has come to save Harry Potter and his friends. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Welcome to Radio Caramel Girls on Film, where you're joined by me, Carenza, and my co-host, Kim. Hey, Kim, how are you today? I'm okay, Carenza. How are you going? Not too bad, but I think I'm probably doing a bit better than you at the moment. You are. I'm actually an ISO, so you got me over the phone. (laughs) Technology. Yeah, for a week. You're locked away. Out on Thursday. (laughs) Locked away. The joys of COVID, I guess, hey? Oh, absolutely. Oh, I thought I'd escaped it, but no, got no, me. Not you. It got you. <laughs> but yep. what can I say? Well, we're keeping you busy and obviously other people in ISO. This is the show to be listening to, Girls on Film. All the things that you could be cramming and watching right now on um, TV or some of the streaming services. So, Kim, what have you been watching? What are you going to talk about this week? Well, this week I'm looking at Nightmare Alley, but you should have given me six hours for next week because I think I'll be watching <laughs> quite a few movies. <laughs> but yeah, but this week um, I'm I'm actually looking at Nightmare Alley, and a little bit later on I'll also uh, be looking at um, Death on the Nile. So two movies yeah. you're checking out. Mm, I am, but not at the theatre. I take it you haven't been to the theatre, or maybe you have been. You could have been to the theatre. Yeah, I have, but uh, I, these two movies were just fantastic that I couldn't uh, not not critique them. Fantastic. Well, I have, as I promised last time, I have been watching a very interesting um, show that you can stream actually on Nine now, so mainstream TV here in Australia, called Naked and Afraid. Um, so it I'll... sounds scary. <laughs> it's... On every level, naked and afraid. Two for two things, your worst terror nightmare. Um, and I'm also going to review pieces of her, which is, of course, the new Tony Collette um, eight-part miniseries that you can see on Netflix, Kim. So I've got a few to check out too. 
Fantastic, and that's fabulous. I've been watching that one as well. Okay, well, why don't we start off with your Nightmare Alley. So why don't I um, give us the trailer? Let's have a listen to the trailer, and then we'll have a bit of a chat about your thoughts about Nightmare Alley. So Fantastic. You, you are listening to Girls on Film here at Radio Caram. Let's have a listen. ask you simple questions you will answer in short sentences only what you believe to be absolute truth absolute truth i can do that now brief as you can what is your name stanton carlisle are you a true medium yes i am mr carlisle doctor that. Please lay down. Can you read minds? Yes, I can. Under the right circumstances. Keep your answers brief. What do I want? To be found out, same as everybody else. Are you in contact with the beyond? Well, we've had our share of snake charmers in the past. We deal with them. You don't fool people, Stan. They fool I've given you a fortune. It's time that you delivered. When does it end? I want to know. If you displease the right people, the world closes in on you very, very fast. So, Kim, you've been checking out, that looks like a bit of a thriller, Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley was fabulous. So, it's a two and a half hour movie uh, starring Bradley Cooper and Kate Blanchett, but it also stars Tony Collette and Rooney Mara. And a wonderful, wonderful appearance by uh, Willem Dafoe, who plays one of the lead characters. Now, it's directed by Guillermo del Toro, no uh, relation at all to Benicio. Uh, in fact, Benicio is Puerto Rican and um, uh, Guillermo is Mexican. And you might remember Guillermo from um, uh, Pan's Labyrinth, uh, which was a fabulous movie uh, a little while ago now, but it was great. But this movie, um, look, I don't know whether I loved it, but it really had an impact on me. In fact, I've been constantly thinking about it ever since. It's just one of those kind of really dark films. Um, it was nominated for four Oscars and three BAFTAs and it actually won the AFI for Movie of the Year. Now, it centres around uh, a, a gentleman, uh, Stanton Carlyle, who was wonderfully portrayed by Bradley Cooper, um, who's a mysterious wanderer with a very violent past. And we never actually get to... Um, find out what his violent past is, but we know it's pretty bad. Um, and he chances upon this uh, travelling carnival. I think it's set around back in the 1930s. And it's just this carnival's really dark and dingy and it's just full of macabre acts, you know. Um, uh, there's there's um, uh, fortune tellers and things like that and, and things in jars, which I won't go into over the radio. But, I think things um, in jars sounds rather unusual. Yeah, dead okay. things in jars. Okay. Yeah. Spiders, maybe so, spiders? No, no, a little bit more uh, of a mammal variety. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a bit so dark. So it's a bit spooky. 
it's a bit spooky. It's kind of loosely based on horror, but it's more of a thriller, I think. Um, now, um, he soon joins the, the troupe. First, he, he just helps out putting up the tents, and he's a bit of a labourer. But then he, he meets the character who's played by Tony Collette, who lives off-site. She's a local, and she's a bit of a, a fortune teller. And her and her father, they... They instill some um, ideas into this character and, and, and I think they, they kind of teach him how to scam um, in, in fortune-telling, I guess. Um, so he becomes a bit of a, this um, fortune-teller and, and so forth. He's got this act and he joins um, a character played by Rooney Mara who already has this act uh, going in, in the uh, circus. But, um, yeah, he, he then leaves the circus uh, with his own act and becomes a real con artist uh, and becomes very rich and famous uh, and goes from being a really, um, you know, kind of low-life wanderer, nomad, to being a, a bit of a high flyer. And, and that's where he meets the character that's portrayed by Kate Blanchett. So she doesn't come into the film, actually, for at least an hour into the film. So um, I'm waiting, waiting for her to come in. But... Uh, she, when she does, um, she's there with a bang. And uh, she plays a psychoanalyst. Um, and, yeah, uh, once she, he meets her, he basically, uh, his whole world starts crumbling down around him. He's a non-drinker and he soon becomes a big drinker. And, uh, and yeah, it, it, I won't give too much more away, but it's worth a, a, worth a watch. So I guess if you're cooped up as well, two and a half hours, you said, that's a, that's a decent movie length. It is, it is. Look, it's a remake of the 1947 Tyrone Power classic. I don't know whether you're familiar with that, but, um, yeah, it's it's currently filming on Disney, uh, sorry, showing on Disney and iTunes as well. So, so great, great, great watch. watch yeah, and yeah. terrific to see Australian um, actors as well doing so well, obviously Kate Blanchett there and Tony Collette. Wonderful to see well, Australians really starring in some of these films. And, of course, we're going to talk about Tony Collette a little bit later in the show as well with the mini mini series on Netflix as yeah, well, Pieces of Her. Yeah, she's starring in our world at the moment. Um, yeah, look, she, um, she was just brilliant in this film as well. Uh, she always is. She's one of my favourites. But not only was it full of Australians, but it was actually filmed pretty much entirely here in New South Wales along the coast and in Sydney. So they, they did backdrops and everything to make it look like you're in uh, San Francisco and things like that with the bridge and whatever. But, but um, yeah. So your thoughts on it, Kimmy? A rating or your kind of, you know, your review? Would you go and see it again? What do you reckon? Look, I, um, look, I wouldn't go and see it again. It's not one of those shows that I'd run to and see again, but I did love it. I did love it. Um, but I don't think I could sit through it because it was a hard watch just because of the content. Mm. But, look, I'm going to give it, just because it was so brilliantly acted, I'm going to give it four stars. Wow, four stars. That's a high rating. And the music soundtrack, because, of course, we always pick a song um, from the music track yeah. soundtracks from the shows that we're checking out. Now, you've, you've, you've picked out I'll Be Seeing You by Billie Holiday. Tell us about the soundtrack to this movie. Well, the soundtrack's by composer Nathan Johnson, but it's it's pretty much all classical. So rather than, you know, bore everybody without any lyrics to listen to, <laughs> I've chosen yeah, because there's only a couple that have lyrics uh, in the in the, in the whole, whole movie. movie. Wow. Yeah. So, is it, so it's the genre that builds, is it is the type that builds the suspense and builds the tension the music does as the, as the film goes on? Is it that kind? 
Yeah, it's it's very dramatic kind of music and dark music, you know. But um, oh, look, I've chosen one by Billie Holiday today because, uh, you know, that I love Billie Holiday. Who doesn't love her? And uh, and uh, this track is called "I'll Be Seeing You." Okay, so you are listening to Girls on Film. Kim's been watching Nightmare Alley, giving it four stars, four out of five. It's a pretty high score. And um, we're going to check out now. I'll be seeing you, Billy Holiday. Hi, I'm Dr. Floyd Gomes, uh, a.k.a. Atticus Health with Dr. Floyd, you might recall, and it's great to be here at Radio Caram. Don't worry about a thing, because Atticus Health will make you feel all right. Don't worry. About a thing Cause Atticus Health Will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache Or you don't feel right Or if you have a nasty rash Keeping you up at night Don't worry About a thing Don't worry Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright. They will indeed, Atticus Health, one of the fantastic station sponsors here at Radio Caramon. Welcome back. You are listening to Girls on Film with me, Carenza, and my co-host who's joining me, not in the studios this afternoon. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. Oh, yes, I'm on the phone uh, in ISO. But firstly, I just want to apologise. I've watched so many movies over the last couple of days. They're starting to entwine together. And <laughs> That's what happens, Nightmare- isn't it, when you get grounded? Yes. Now, Nightmare Alley, I did say, was full of Australians. Now, that's not entirely true. There are a few Australians in it. And I also mentioned that it was filmed entirely in Australia. Now, it wasn't. Uh, I was thinking of another (laughs) film. This one was actually filmed in the US and Canada. I'll just clarify that before we get all those calls ringing in. Well, funnily, you should say that, Kim. We've actually had a couple of texts, but I'm just joking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, you know, let's stick with the Tony Collette theme because I've been checking out Pieces of Her, which is the new um, eight-part thriller, thriller theme today as well, um, over on Netflix. So let's check out the trailer for Pieces of Her. You ever have that thing where you think you know someone as well as you could possibly know anyone? And then one day, you were totally wrong. That was something, what your mom did. You don't have much time. You have to leave. You can't talk to anyone, okay? No calls, no texting, nothing. There are just some things you don't understand. Every time I think I get closer to knowing her, it slips away. We all do things we'd rather forget. Mom, just tell me the truth.
Who are you? Yes, yeah, so I've been checking out um, pieces of her over on Netflix, Kim. So, um, Tony Collette is obviously, I think, an Australian superstar. Absolutely mm-hmm. love Tony Collette. I mean, she's just fantastic, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I loved her since Muriel's wedding. Who couldn't? No, that's right. So, Pieces of Her is basically a new thriller. It stars Tony Collette and Bella Heathcote, and it premiered on Netflix um, just last month on the 4th of March, actually. And it's based on author Karen Slaughter's 2018 novel, Pieces of Her. And as I said, it's an eight-part series adaptation about a mother and daughter relationship and the secrets that we keep from those closest to us. So Andrea, um, that is Tony Collette's daughter, um, known throughout the film as Andy. So Andy knows everything about her mother, Laura. So she knows she spent her whole life in the small beachside town of Belle Isle. She knows she's never wanted anything more than to live in a quiet, to live a quiet life as a pillar in the community. She knows she's never kept a secret in her life because we all know our mothers, don't we? I mean, I know my mum, you know your mum. But all of that Mm -hmm. changes when a Saturday afternoon trip basically to the shops and and out for lunch um, explodes into violence. And Andrea, or Andy, suddenly sees a completely different side to her mum, Laura. And what actually happens as we watch the show is it turns out that before Laura was Laura, she was actually somebody completely different. She was Jane. (laughs) She was. So for nearly 30 years, she's been hiding from her previous identity, lying low in the hope that no one will ever find her. But now, of course, because of something that happens in the cafe that becomes extremely newsworthy, she's exposed. And that moment changes the life of her and her daughter. And nothing is going to be the same again. Mm. And in fact, 24 hours later, after this terrible incident at the cafe, Laura finds herself in the hospital. She's been um, harmed by an intruder who spent 30 years trying to track her down and discover what she actually knows. Um, And so what we see is we see the story through um, the daughter's eyes. So Andy, she's on a desperate journey following the breadcrumbs of her mother's past. Um, She's got to try and understand what's happened and uncover the secrets hidden there. And if she doesn't, well, there may not be a future for either of them. Um, And, you know, the story takes us on flashbacks to when her mother wasn't uh, Laura, when she was, as you said, Jane, somebody else, and the story that unfolds. Um, mm. And it's it's a thriller. It's isn't a it? thriller. I, it's definitely I would a just thriller. I'm on the edge of my seat when I'm watching it. It's amazing. It is. It is. And there's a lot of stuff happening and going on. And look, I mean, the acting. I mean, Tony Collette's acting is just absolutely brilliant. sensational. I mean, what can I say? She is just just brilliant, you know. And I love, um, I just love watching anything that she does. You know, she. And it's dark as well. There are parts of this film that are dark and at times her character is not very nice. I mean, you actually find yourself disliking her character, even though, you know, you absolutely love Tony Collette. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's great to watch. And, you know, the the acting is terrific. Now, this actually was shot in Australia. It, that was. It was indeed. In Sydney, even. Mm. Yeah. Um, a lot of it was, even though it's actually set in the United States. So it's set in this seaside town. And in fact, you know, it's made by the same people that bought us Big Little Lies. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So look, I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. It's a suspenseful show. Um, you know, it takes you on this journey where things aren't what they seem and people aren't who you think they are. And yeah, people's pasts can be quite difficult. And the question is, you know, will... will um, 
you know, Laura, as as we know her as Andy's mum, be able to kind of forgive herself perhaps for the past and will her daughter be able to forgive her too uh, it's a very well, the whole, gritty well the whole film you know she was about trying to keep her daughter safe wasn't she so well, I mean, she you know, is but does she keep her safe i guess is that's the right question. but then now obviously it's put her straight in the in danger's way so yeah it's it's um it's hard to watch being a mum yeah, so look, I love Tony Killer. Anything with Tony Tony Killer, and I'll give it a high score. And like you, I think I would give this a good four stars. Um, certainly, it kept me hooked all the way through the eight episodes. Thoroughly enjoyed watching it. It was terrific. I think I consumed it in, oh, I binged it in about maybe three days, three or four days. Mm. Well yeah, worth it was the watch. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Highly I'm going to give it four and a half. I think. You're going to give it four so and good. a half. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to play some music um, from this. So there's great soundtrack all the way through it. Terrific soundtrack. So this is Anyway the Wind Blows by Daniel Blake. So you are listening to Radio Caram Girls on Film with Carenza. Kim's joining me, but not in the studio this afternoon. Uh, I think she's doing a pretty good job, actually, um, in Locked Up in ISO too. So let's have a listen to Daniel Blake. Anyway, the wind blows. Uh, Mark, it's Witt from Spiderbait here. Uh, are, are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Uh, are you are you talking to me? No, what I said is, are you talking to me? <laughs> well, I'm the only one here, so who the hell are you talking to? Are you talking to me? <laughs> Listen in every Thursday night at 6pm. Oi, 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 oi. IGA is shopping nights. IGA, where the price is right. Seaford North IGA, for your groceries and liquor. IGA Express, there's nothing quicker. Yeah, welcome back to Girls on Film um, with me, Carenza, and I'm joined, of course, by my co-host, Kim. Welcome back, Kimmy. Thanks, Carenza. It's you know it's really strange doing the radio station from the um, from the telephone. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I can't I can't point at you and wave. And mind you, you probably got time to go and make yourself a nice cup of coffee or a cup of tea in between the songs. And well, I can't because I can't actually hear you, and I don't know when you're coming back until you talk to me. So um, and I don't want to be huffing puffing after running up you know a couple of flights of stairs. So <laughs> I'm staying put. <laughs> you're doing well. You're doing fantastically well. So now you've also been to see Death. On the Nile. Yes, I did. Look, I took myself off to the cinema to see Death on the Nile just a, a couple of weeks ago. But look, it's now on the Disney Channel, so you don't have to go to the cinema to see it. Um, I, I'm doing remakes today, aren't I? I, yeah, I, I uh, yeah, this is another remake. So this is a remake of the original 1978 Death on the Nile, which starred Peter Ustinov and Mia Farrow. Now, funnily enough, this is one of my earliest memories in childhood of me going along to the to the pictures. So, um, and I remember I absolutely loved it then and I loved it today as well. So, question for you, when you went, did you get a chop top both times, Kim? I probably didn't. I probably got the little boxes of minties as well that I used to love (laughs) when I was a kid. I love Uh, it. Nothing's the same anymore, is it? No. Well, let's have a listen to the Death on the Nile trailer and then let's get your review. Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the newlyweds, Mr and Mrs Simon Doyle. You must meet Hercule Poirot. My congratulations, madame. Merci. He's only the greatest detective alive. I suspect you invited me for reasons other than the fun. 
you had something to hide. We have the Karnak all to ourselves, a chef and enough champagne to fill the Nile. Should've hidden it, shouldn't you? When you have money, no one is ever really your friend. It's too late to change events. It's time to face the consequence. Someone is dead. The crime is murder. Never again is what the murderer is one of you. Were you aware of any grudges? Madame is used to getting what she wants. Never again is what I don't feel safe here. I don't feel safe with any of that. There are so many conflicting hates and jealousies. Oh, I like this. Did you see or hear anything? I did not trust her. I still don't. What did you do last night? You accused me of murder. He accuses everyone of murder. It is a problem, I admit. The murder was methodically planned. Find who did this. You are mad. Can I not trust you? What do you want me to say? Someone else is dead. You lie in my face! Lock the doors! The murderer is here. And will stay here. Well, there you go. The trailer there for Death on the Nile, Kim. And I love Depeche Mode. Great piece of music in the background there. Yeah, look, um, yeah, that's right. They they are good, a good 80s band. Um, yeah, look, the soundtrack was great, but I'll get to that later. Um, who doesn't look, love a good murder mystery? I mean, Agatha Christie, come on. So this is the second instalment from Kenneth Branagh as director um, of, of Agatha Christie series. The first one he did a couple of years ago, uh, which you might have seen was Murder on the Orient Express. I did. That's, I said, that's the one with the train, wasn't it? That's right. Yes, I saw that one. Yes, that was yes, quite good and- too. Very good, very good. And, and as was this one too, this has got an all-star cast too. It stars uh, Kenneth Branagh, obviously, uh, as Hercule Poirot, the, the lead in the film. So, um, But as well as he, obviously, Kenneth Branagh directs the film, um, as, I, as I mentioned. But Annette Benning's in it, Russell Brand, Gal Gadot, and something for you, Karenza. I know you've seen the film and I know you would have squealed when you saw them both uh, appear in it. It was Jennifer Saunders and uh, Dawn French. French. I love French and Saunders. That did make yes. my day, what can I say? Oh, and they were fabulous, weren't they, in the film? Uh, I won't give too much away, but um, look, the it, it, it's set, um, uh, the setting is the Nile, obviously, in Egypt, um, and it's, uh, look, the cinematography is just amazing, just absolutely beautiful. So uh, Hercule Perrault, as we know him, he's, a, a, you know, an investigator, police investigator. He's actually on holidays. So he's um, on a beautiful, beautiful old, old steamer ship, um, which they actually recreated in a studio for this film um, and they rebuilt it. it. It wasn't, it couldn't float or anything and I think they... They had it on wheels going backwards and forwards for the actual picture, but you you wouldn't know it to watch. They had it on wheels. That's magnificent. Yeah, yeah. But um, look, 
Um, it takes place on this paddle ship, uh, paddle steamer, basically, and and what what occurs is obviously a murder, as in all all Agatha Christie um, novels and and films. So um, it's it's centered around a very rich aristocrat and his uh, his newlywed wife, played by Gal Gadot, and the the male lead in that regards was Army Harmer or Hammer, I don't know how you pronounce it, but uh, look, he's great. They both are. And um, the, the ex-partner of, of, the, uh, of the male army, he, he, well, basically she comes in and, and appears all of a sudden on this steamership. And um, she's been obsessed by him. You know, if they had intervention orders back in the day, she would have had one placed on her. She was just uh, stalking him, basically. So a murder occurs and unfortunately it's his wife. So she's the... Oh, um, so Gal Gadot gets, you know, yeah, bumped off. Yeah, yeah, oh. she gets bumped off. That's right. So that leaves the ex to be the prime suspect. But everybody on the on the ship has a reason uh, for uh, or a motive. motive. Agatha Christie, yeah, that's, that's right. right. They're all really good whodunits, aren't they? They are. So, of course, Hercule has to figure out um, with a little bit of assistance from others on, on, the, on the steamer that... You know who who's actually committed this crime, and uh, and along the way, other crimes are committed as well. So, um, yeah, basically, I'm not going to tell you uh, much more. Well, don't about say the who film. did it, Kimmy. You can't give that away. No, I wouldn't tell you that. <laughs> that would be, uh, you, you know, that would be very bad of me. But look, um, look. Despite, as I said before, you know, with the ship being built on set, look, it's it's actually despite it being um, set in Egypt. The film was shot entirely in the UK. Now that's correct. You're I haven't got me. it mixed up no, no, you, really? with other films this time. It is. It is entirely shot in the UK. So, but so I've watched. Tip... I've watched this. I cannot yeah. believe that those ruins aren't the. Ru- oh. So, are you telling me they were not the real ruins? No, the the Temple of Abu Simbel, which is you know the front and for the front yeah the feature the of the of, yeah the of the film was actually recreated uh, as a set. Um, where, out. you know, in the backdrop, it, it wasn't the real one. Now, you couldn't tell it apart because uh, it's oh, just so Oh, now I feel so ripped real. off. I thought I was watching, I looking, checking out the real ruins. I thought, you know, yeah. here I am vicariously travelling the world through, you know, because I watched it on Disney, the Disney Channel. Yeah, um, that's right. There you go. Well, you know, they did do uh, some authentic shots. There, there was another um, photographer um, that went off, you know, cinematographer that went off and, and did all the shots of Egypt and they actually filmed in Morocco as well. But wow. But, um, you know, that was just for the backdrops. But the the whole film was entirely shot in the UK pretty much. Now, it had a budget of 120 million great British pounds. I mean, how – that's huge. That's huge. But I, I think they got that back um, within You'd the hope first, so, wouldn't you? you know, couple of weeks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love um, an Agatha Christie story? I mean, I grew up – I don't know about you, Kim, reading. I used to love Agatha oh, Christie. I would, could not absolutely. put her books down. You can't go wrong, can you, with her books because they no. twist and they turn and, you know, the, the things that you think you suddenly realise that's actually something else and the, the red herrings and the, you know, the they duck and dive and go everywhere. You know, they really stick in my mind, Agatha Christie. She's an incredible author. She is. She definitely is. Yes, I I used to read her a lot when I was younger. But um, uh, yeah, this one this one was great. Look, you know, comparing it to the original film, um, they're, they're quite 
quite different. And I think he's condensed a lot more into this to, to kind of, you know, get the characters out a little bit more um, because, uh, you know, audiences have also changed along the way. People want more bang for their buck and they want, you know, a lot more cinematography and so forth than, than uh, we used to, you know, love just, just a simple, well-acted film. But um, look, anymore. it's... <laughs> no, not anymore. But look, this film, um, I loved it and okay. I'm going to give it four stars. Four stars. You're on fire today, Kim. You're getting great on ones. I am fire. Absolutely. So if you're tucked up at home in bed with COVID or like you in ISO, um, you can check this out on the Disney Channel. You don't have to actually go into the movie theatres either to see it, Kim. You can get, you know, Uber Eats in your own choc top and some, you know, popcorn and off you go. That's it. Make yourself comfortable. Now, Carenza, I've just got to tell you the score. Now, the score was written by... Um, composer Patrick Doyle um, and he's a classical composer and he's done a lot of Kenneth Branagh films in fact he's done um, do you remember Much Ado About Nothing I think um, oh that's Shakespeare yeah that's right he's also done Henry V and Hamlet he likes a bit of Shakespeare but um, look Patrick Doyle does uh, most of the soundtrack for this uh, but I've chosen uh, for for my song for this one. Um, it, it's it's also set at the at the start. They go into a club, you know, and there's a very it's very bluesy and and there's a real gospel, you know, kind of sound. And and I you know love gospel, so um, I'm not sure whether you've ever heard of Sister Rosetta Tharp, but this is one from her, and it's called Nobody's Fault But Mine. Fantastic. So can we play that one, please? We can indeed. So you are listening to Girls on Film here at Radio Caram with Kim and Carenza this afternoon. Mr. Spaceman, won't you please take me along? I won't do anything wrong. Hey, Mr. Spaceman, won't you please take me along for a ride? This is Dave Crosby. If you're the caraway, it's very good to be on the show. Or in Patterson Lakes, just call Mitchell Tall. Anywhere Bayside, just call Mitchell Tall. Buy a summer house, just call Mitchell Tall. Mitchell Tall. Real estate. Oh, yeah, a little real estate. We want more. <laughs> Welcome back to Radio Karen, where you are listening to Girls on Film with Carenza and Kim. Kim. Hello there from home. Kim from home, <laughs> joining us from home. Well, as as I said last time, I threatened to go and watch a TV show that I'd heard a lot about called Naked and Afraid, and I've done just that. And it's an, very controversial. An interesting, interesting show. So why don't we get started by having a listen to the trailer, and then I'll tell you all about it. Hey man, you see that electric eel? That one's just bigger than the one I caught in the Amazon. Here, Mr. Eel. Got him. Nice. <laughs> nice! <laughs> Good I don't man. want him to electrocute you, dude. Yeah. When does the shot go away? No, he, he's if he's pissed, he's already said it. You good? Yeah, I felt the, I felt the electric. Oh! Oh! All right, get back, get back, oh! get back, get back, oh! get back. Yeah, he's, we gotta get it. We gotta have him right now. Hold on. I don't know when he's coming loose. 
It's right, it's through the stick. You're all right, buddy. I know, I know. You f***. 1,500 volts through my body! Ah! Good job. Get your breath, dude. Oh, dude, look yeah! at Excel, the two-hour premiere event, Sunday, July 12th at 9 on Discovery. There you go. Well, that's an interesting, interesting um, trailer there, Kim. But let me tell you a bit about Naked and Afraid because um, it's nothing like anything I have ever watched before. So it's actually a, a Discovery Channel show. Now, you can actually see this on Channel 9 or 9 now here in Australia. Um, but um, they've taken this, the concept of a survival show to the very next level. Um, by stripping it basically to its bare essentials, Kim. So what we what we see the normal format, and so you heard a trailer there, and you you actually there were two people in that trailer, and they were trying to catch an electric eel. So I don't know if you could hear what was going on there, but basically mm -hmm. the premise is there are two complete strangers, usually a man and a woman, and they meet in a very very unique way. They're stranded in a dangerous, desolate location. They have no food. They have no water. And they are also completely naked. Now, now, you'd have to be pretty prepared for a show like this. You can't just <laughs> say, rock up and say, look, I'm going to go and have a go at this one. No, I no, think these guys right. are really seasoned well, adventurers, they are. aren't they? They are survivalists. So each episode yeah. follows the two people as they attempt, get this, to survive on their own for 21 days. They've got wow, nothing. That's a long time. They've given nothing. So it's not like the TV show Survivor or things. They're given nothing except one personal item each. And the knowledge that the only pride is, sorry, the only prize is their sense of pride and accomplishment. It kind of makes Survivor look like a walk in the park. <laughs> it's definitely a walk in the park. That's right. There's no, there's no food challenges or anything here. Well, uh -huh. you heard the food challenge. They, this in that trailer, they actually had caught an electric eel. They'd speared an electric eel, but of course, each time they touched it, um, they were being given electric shocks from the electric eel. But they eventually ended up killing the electric eel, not being electrocuted and being able to eat it because there is no food. There is no food. There's no bags of rice. There's no beans. You've got to go out there and forage your way through. And not only that, they have to find their own kind of clothing types too because well, no they don't clothes. have blankets. That's what I mean. No, no, I mean, I've seen a couple of episodes where they've had to make their own kind of shoes Absolutely. just out of reeds and things That's like right. that. No shoes. And because there's no other choice, you've got to get, you don't know the other person. You're with a complete stranger. So you've got to get to know each other very quickly and your surroundings and hope that your instincts, survival skills and your intestinal fortitude will serve you well because there are episodes in this where people become quite unwell and poison themselves too. Yeah, and starve themselves. I mean, they yeah. become very unwell. I, I know that. I've read that. Yeah. So get this. So you have to, so on the day you arrive, you strip down, you are completely naked and you meet your partner. You're provided with basically a rough crossbody satchel which contains a personal diary and a camera for use when the camera crew is not there and they are not there at night. And the only other thing that you are given is a map. 
So there is some good news. So each survivalist is allowed to bring one helpful item. So, for example, you could bring a hatchet, which which the people mm-hmm. that killed the eel, they had a had hatchet. And, of course, okay. a fire starter. So you can imagine flint, you know, magnesium mm-hmm. is a huge winner because, of course, you need fire. Um, there is a camera crew, but they are not allowed to intervene at all, except in a medical, medical emergency when it is absolutely necessary. Now, there's only one rule. A team is allowed to tap out, as they call it, at any point during the 21-day challenge. But if they do not tap out, they must arrive at the designated extraction point on the final day to be picked up by a helicopter, a plane, an automobile or a boat or some other vehicle suitable to the terrain. And so as we watch the show, we're updated as viewers by the statistics, including how many days have passed, the time and the temperature. Um, And Naked and Afraid then computes and updates the cast members PSRs, which are primitive survival ratings. They actually score them. You know, what's their primitive survival rating? Which is based on predictions and observations of survival fitness and skill, experience Mm -hmm. and mental strength. Um, And their before and after weight measurements are also revealed at the end of an episode. And get this, it's so popular. There have been 14 14 seasons, Kim. 14 seasons. Yeah, that's crazy. And I know that's also been reproduced in other countries as well, in different languages, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. It's been shown all around mm. the world. Um, yeah. And um, it's quite a phenomenal show. I mean, you've seen it too. I have. Look, I haven't watched many episodes, but I intend to because I really liked it. And one of the ones that I watched, I saw a couple at the end on the extraction day. They had to cross a crocodile infested. Um, you know, uh, river. So they they must sign their life away with a waiver because well, I mean, you think they, you have to, wouldn't you, for this? Yeah, you, they could. <laughs> surely the the production company couldn't be held accountable if something if something did happen. No. they'd have to sign sign a waiver. Oh yeah, and mm. I think you know, I mean, the episodes that I've watched, I mean, you know, you're you're out in sometimes the jungle or the desert. Imagine no clothes, scorching hot no, days, freezing cold nights mosquitoes yeah yep. um, if you can't get a fire going you obviously can't keep warm you can't keep animals away um, you mm-hmm. can't cook you can't boil your water um, and 21 days without you know I mean you can drink but I mean, I mean it's I've, extreme it is and I mean I've, some of those episodes they've had nothing they've had no food in those 21 days and some of them some of them make it to the 21 days a lot of them tap out um, mm. but it's you know you think Oh, naked and afraid. What's this going to be? It's nothing like I imagined, you know. It's, it's, no, it's, no, it sounds a bit corny and it does sound a bit like, you know, why do they have to be naked? But it, it, it's not because of a sexual nature, no, is it? It's, it's because primal. they just want to take them back to bare minimum so they have to actually survive as they are. You have to. There's nothing, nothing to draw. Yeah. Like, I, I'm going to rate this, actually. I, I would give this, I don't know, they let young kids say my young kids. So I don't know. I'd give this a four and a half. It was fascinating watching you know and I learned a lot my word I tell you what I would not I could not survive 21 days naked and I'd be absolutely terrified and um, the mosquitoes would eat me alive because they like my English skins can you imagine all the welts and the the sun no no look even if you and I were really really fit it's not for the faint-hearted I mean these people are extremists it's it's for people that are they're based their whole life on adventure and and survivalism and it's it's really really uh full on yeah so there it is it's on channel nine you can watch it on free to air nine now mm. here as well and i think it's also on netflix actually kim i have to go and double check that i know it's on one of the streaming okay. services too yeah um, i have to go back to it because i really enjoyed it when i watched it yeah. i mean i really really enjoyed it what would you give it out of um five what would you say i'd give it five you would give it yeah it's very, yeah, I would very give different. it five. Uh, yeah, because uh, I, I mean, I was glued to the edge of my seat. I just couldn't take my eyes off it. It was just 
great feeling. And you know, a little bit of uh, trivia for you. Um, most of people that are listening would know and be familiar with Daniel Day Lewis. I mean, he is some consider the greatest actor of all time and has a couple of Oscars to his name. He's absolutely completely obsessed with this show and every chance he gets when he gets interviewed on tv or you know by a talk show host or whatever he gives it a plug and tells everyone to go out and watch an episode and uh and then they too will be hooked as well oh, so yeah. it's definitely yeah, a show he, that you can get yeah, hooked on there's no doubt that's about right it. Yeah. and there's nothing um voyeuristic about it i mean the nakedness i mean the, the bits you know your private parts are actually blurred in it anyway yeah that's right it's not that kind of show it's really no. about battling against the elements and pure survival and it's yeah powerful to watch well look, obviously there's no soundtrack to this kind of show Kimmy none at all apart, apart from no. you know um, pain I think that the pain that people are in so I, I had to think and I thought well what would I have for um, for this and I'm going to go with Elton John's I guess that's why they call it the blues <laughs> oh well that's a bit um, you know um, bluesy isn't it I would have gone with something like dun uh, Dun, dun, I have the tiger or something just to pump them up. <laughs> oh, you could, you could. Well, look, you are listening to Girls on Film. We're going to come back after this song and uh, wrap up all of the shows that we've seen with our final score. So, Kim, I need you to scribble them down on pen and paper. You Normally, I that's the bit that, that you do in the studio. <laughs> okay, we'll be back after Elton John. Welcome back to Girls on Film here at Radio Caram. Kim and I are both big fans of Freddy's Pizzas. Absolutely. I love their pizzas and their pastas. And their coffees too. Now, Kim, Great um, coffee on a weekend. final scores today for the shows, mm-hmm. the ratings, what do we get? Okay. Well, Naked and Afraid, uh, we, you gave it four and a half and I gave it five, making it a total of obviously of 9.5, which is our winner for the day, which is, you know, a lot of people probably think, you know, that sounds crazy, but if you haven't had a look at it, you must have a look at it and you'll understand why. Um, I gave Death on the Nile a four. Um, and I what did you give Death on the Nile? Oh, a yeah, four? yeah, four as well. I think you gave that a four, making that an eight. So another great film. Pieces of Her, 4.5 for me. And for you? Yeah, four and a half as well. Fantastic. Another nine. Well, a nine, I should say. And we both, uh, well, you haven't seen Nightmare Alley, but mm. uh, I gave it four. We usually match that. So that's another eight. So all great shows this week, Karenza. Fantastic. Well, there you go. Um, if you like Kidmin, I saw there's four great things that you can watch. So obviously those mm-hmm. two movies, you can catch them on Disney. Um, you can see pieces of her as well over on Netflix or, as Kim said, the winner of the day, which was uh, Naked and Afraid. Check it out on Channel 9 or the 9 Now app. Um, so, Kim, we'll be back next time. Hopefully you'll be feeling a lot better and out of isolation. Absolutely, and I'll have a lot of movies and series to decide upon because I would have watched a few. You would have indeed. Well, thanks for listening in, everyone. Take care, stay safe, stay well, and uh, we'll see you next time on Girls on Film. Thanks, everyone. Bye.